the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you are here to bless. You are here to change. You are here to upgrade. You are here to transform. Thank you that I have grace to teach your word with precision and accuracy. Thank you that your people have grace to receive the word with clarity and understanding. Thank you that there shall not be any demonic interference whatsoever. Your word frees, flows freely in the name of Jesus. Be glorified even as your word goes forth. And let your people be edified in every area of their lives. In Jesus' matchless name. Shout a better amen out and believe in amen all right humbly take your seed in god's presence tend to your neighbor and say your excellency you're welcome i told you that when we gather is a gathering of your excellencies if the person did not tell you well tell yourself i am his excellency and i welcome myself come with me to azad chapter 48 verse 18 to 19 azad 48 18 to 19 do not remember the former things need nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. May rivers be made in your desert. May a road be opened for you in the wilderness. In the mighty name of Jesus. There are two passages of scripture we've been running with for almost a month now and essentially has to do with this one we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 12. Furthermore when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel a door was opened unto me of the Lord. May God continue to open doors for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. We began this series by establishing the fact that God is opening for us new doors. Somebody say new doors. When we entered into the year of newness, one of the things God said is going to do anew in our lives is that he's going to open new doors. And 2021 shall be for you a year of open doors. 2021 shall be for you a year of open doors. He says your gates shall be continually open and the Gentiles shall bring in the forces of the Gentiles. May your gate remain permanently open. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. A door is open, but when the door is open, the only thing we can do is to enter. Somebody say enter. But when the door is open, we need to know what we must do in order to enter. 
God has opened the door. He said, I've set before thee an open door with no man shall shut. God has opened the door. Nobody can shut it. But sometimes the people who shut it is not external people. It's we ourselves. And we are exploring things that can potentially stop us from entering those doors. And we began by looking at a man by the name of David in the Old Testament who had access to a great door. It was not just open to David, it was open to many others. But David was the one who was able to enter that door. And there was something David had to deal with in order to enter that door. Let's come to 1 Samuel 17, verse 23 to 25. 1 Samuel 17, 23 to 25. Then as he thought with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gad, Goliath by name, coming out from the armies of the Philistines. And he spake according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Somebody say, dreadfully afraid. All the men of Israel. Take note, the door that David is about to enter was open to all the men of Israel. But something kept it away from them. Something prevented them from entering it. And the Bible identifies it clearly. They were dreadfully afraid. What was the content of the door? Verse 25. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Look, these were men who were supposed to enter the door. They just stood by describing the reward that was assigned to those who could enter. Meanwhile, they were supposed to enter. It was an opportunity for them to enter and access it. But because of fear, they were describing it. Listen, the same dream you have, other people have also caught that dream. And if you don't take care, they'll be living their dream broadly before you and you'll be wondering how they made it. They made it because they overcame something you were afraid to overcome. Any area of your life where fear is ruling your life, I curse fear to depart from your life. There is nothing as sad and painful as seeing something you desire. Something you could have attained, but you refused to attempt it because you were afraid. And others went ahead and they took it. All the men of Israel, the Bible said, and the men of Israel said, they were afraid, but they could narrate what was happening. Look at what they said. Have you seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killed him, the king will enrich him. So they were reciting these things to David. But fear blinded them that this was an opportunity. Fear blinded them to a golden opportunity. Sometimes we pray, like I said last week, we pray God opens the door. And all we need to do is to step forward. But because we are afraid, we are unable to step forward. 2021, you will step forward. 2021, you will enter every open door. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, the man that kills him, the king will rich him with great riches, give him his daughter, and then give his father's house exemption from taxes. Chapter 17, verse 10 and 11. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel. They say, give me a man that we may fight together. And when Israel and all, and when Saul and all Israel heard the words of the man, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. You will not be greatly afraid. You will not be dismayed in the mighty name of Jesus. So we started by establishing the fact that fear is an enemy and not a friend. Somebody say fear is an enemy and not a friend. Because sometimes fear disguises itself and comes to us through natural means. A lot of people treat fear as something that is natural. They say, oh, it's one of those things. When you grow, you grow out of it. It's physiological. But according to scripture, fear is neither natural or physiological. Fear is a spiritual force. Somebody say fear is a spiritual force. 
And if you don't take care, it will keep you permanently in bondage. In the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 15, he said, For God had not given us the spirit of bondage, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So fear keeps you in bondage. You will not be bound. I said you will not be bound. In the mighty name of Jesus. Last week, we started exploring eight kinds of fears you must overcome to enter into new doors. Number one, we said... The first fear you must deal with is the fear of failure. Somebody say the fear of failure. How many of you have attempted something and you felt you might fail? How many of you have been there before? Attempted something and you felt you might fail. That is a common fear. And it doesn't come one time. Every time you are about to start a new project, anything new, one of the fears you are likely to be confronted with is the fear of failure. Sometimes you have done the thing again and again, again and again. But fear does not care. It doesn't mind at all. It will come again. If you have to start all over again, it will come again. It could be a business. It could be a relationship. It could be an examination. You may have written exams over and over again. How many of you have written some exams before? Written some exams before. How many of you always face the fear of failure in examination? You are not sure. No matter how prepared you are, you are not sure. I know some people, uh, they are shark brains or brain sharks. So they never confront fear. But most times, you are not sure. No matter how prepared you are, you will always be confronted with some element of fear where you are not sure. The fear of failure confronts all of us. But we have an insurance against the fear of failure. Somebody say, I have an insurance against the fear of failure. When you understand you have an insurance against the fear of failure, you are not afraid. When you have a car that you have comprehensive insurance, Driving it is so sweet. The, the most important thing you are careful about is your life. You don't care about the car. Because the moment the car uh, is exposed to any difficulty, you know your insurance, if they are so, solid ones, they will pay you and buy you a brand new car. Where you also come to a place where you understand that God has given you comprehensive insurance against failure. You will never give in to fear. The Bible says in the book of Micah 7, 8, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. Somebody say, I shall arise. Say, I shall arise. Then last week, we also established the fear of mockery. Somebody say, the fear of mockery. If you have never been mocked before, your time will come. The Bible says, who had despised the day of small things? Jesus despised mockings. If you are not ready to despise mockery, you can never fulfill your destiny in life. The fear of mockery, we talked about it. Every time you're about to start anything or begin any project, people will look at you. It may work, it will not work, they will mock you. The Bible says, which of you intending to build a tower? In fact, the whole reason why sometimes before you begin a project, you need to sit down and analyze. is because among many things, you are afraid you'll be mocked. You started a building project, you couldn't finish it. You started a relationship. You couldn't take it to the end. You started a marriage. You couldn't finish it. The Bible says, which of you intending to build a tower? That is Luke chapter 14 verse 28. Seated not down first and counted the cost. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish. All that seared him begin to mock him. You shall not be mocked. I said you shall not be mocked. You will not be afraid of mockery. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say, I'm not afraid of mockery. My miracles will be born out of my mockery. Yeah. Number three, we said the fear of being cheated or taken advantage of. 
If you've ever worked for somebody or you ever work for someone, never be afraid of being taken advantage of. It's part of life. When you are a baby, you don't want anybody to cheat you. I won't allow anybody to cheat me. I'm not a fool. Very soon you realize that the more mature you become, the more sometimes you have to assume the position of a fool. They say it in a can. They say the fool uses his foolishness to elongate his days. That's what they are doing. It's not that you are a fool, but you have a vision. You have a goal. You have a dream. That needs, demands that you need to stay with this job for some time. Sometimes people take very foolish and hasty decisions and then they end up suffering for it. You can't stand somebody, a boss in your office is tormenting you and the best decision you can make is to resign. Meanwhile, there is no plan B. There is no other job in sight. You don't have any dream business. You don't have any capital you are going... You see, it's all because you can't stand your pride being hurt. People who don't want to be taken advantage of sometimes think that life is a roller coaster or a, a, a rosy. Just as when you sit in, it just goes the way you want it. But life doesn't go like that. Jacob served Laban. His salary was changed 10 times. But when God stepped in, he became a millionaire overnight. The reason why sometimes when people are cheated, I realize that they end up not becoming better for it is because when we are being cheated, we don't maintain a good attitude. In the book of First Peter, he said, it is good when you are treated bad. If you suffer impatiently, it is good because God can turn it around for your good. But most of the time, when we are being cheated, we are complaining, we are murmuring, we are saying all kinds of things, spreading a bad spirit around the place we work. God can never promote you like that. The Bible said, Jesus, when he was despised, he did not open his mouth. He endured it patiently. May you receive that better wisdom to go through life. Number four, the fear of disappointment. The fear of disappointment. How many of you have been disappointed before? Ever be disappointed by a friend, somebody else? Well, that is the first one. If the first one, expect another one. Sometimes these are things we don't expect to hear in church, but they happen. They happen because God uses our disappointment as setups for divine appointments. God uses them. One day, Saul was looking for missing asses. And he went everywhere he couldn't find it. And in the search for missing donkeys, he landed in his destiny. God uses various things to order our steps sometimes, including disappointment. Sometimes we pray, Holy Ghost, lead me. And the first thing that comes is disappointment. Then we begin to become bitter. Lord, this is not what I asked for. I didn't begin for this. I prayed for, I even sowed the seed for it. How come things have turned against me? No. His ways are not your ways, neither are his thoughts like your thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher than his, your ways. And his thoughts than your thoughts. Somebody say, all my disappointments are working together for my good. The Bible says all things, including your disappointments, work together for your good. Joseph was disappointed, but he was serving in the prison faithfully until full two years came. And when God lifted him, he didn't lift him as a head of the prison. He went all the way to occupy a seat that had been prepared two years in advance for him. You occupy your place. You will take your proper place in destiny. Number five, we talked about the fear of problems. Somebody say the fear of problems. Say the fear of problems. You have to be an I can do person. You have to become all things are possible with me person. They say no, you say yes. 
They say it cannot be done. Say it can be done. I'm not complicating here. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. The born again new creation is an I can do person. Don't take no for an answer. The people who advance in life and fulfill destiny are people who refuse to say no. You write the exam, you fail. I can pass this examination. You go to a relationship and then the relationship doesn't work. It will work the next time. I'm not complicated. That should be your disposition to life. Don't be afraid of problems. A lot of people sit on their opportunities because they are afraid of problems. Problems will come anyway. Praise God. All you need to do is to be prepared. Develop your skill in order to be able to deal with problems. Don't be afraid of problems. Goliath was a problem, but Goliath was an opportunity. Opportunity to the palace. It was buried in a problem. You will not fail in the time of problems. You have the wisdom. Put it to work. May the wisdom of God be activated in you to solve problems. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Your amen can be louder. We are continuing tonight. The fear of man. Somebody say the fear of man. Many people cannot fulfill their sin, cannot enter the doors they need to enter because they are afraid of people. The Bible said, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. You shall be saved. I said, You shall be saved. The fear of man, what people think, what will people say? Somebody comes to propose love to you. You may be taller than the person. And what you are concerned about, what will my friends think? This short man, where am I taking him to? Praise God. Yeah. So you allow him to pass. Meanwhile, he's your destiny helper. That's your soulmate. The person God has wired for you. Look at him. He comes, you examine him. He can't articulate himself. He can't express himself in English. As if English is synonymous to love. The fear of people. A lot of people shy away from doors God has opened because they are afraid of what people will say. Listen, people, what people will say, you cannot always stop it. Opinions are like gnosis. Everyone has one. The number one person whose opinion must matter to you most, one, is God. Number two is yourself. Somebody say myself. myself. What God says about it must matter. And then what your personal convictions are, are critical. And then, of course, number seven is the fear of rejection. Somebody say the fear of rejection. The fear of rejection. Many people cannot stand rejection at all. A couple of years ago, I preached on dealing with rejection. Many people cannot stand rejection. The Bible said in Isaiah 53 verse 3, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we did, as it were, hid our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not ever been rejected before you applied for a visa and you were bounced and because of that you don't want to visit any embassy again made a proposal sent an application to a place and it looked like you were almost picked and then you lost it and because of that you don't want to make any effort again listen rejection is normal somebody say rejection is normal rejection is normal jesus was rejected david was rejected before david was anointed he was rejected first before he was anointed. Japheth was rejected. But did they stop his destiny? Listen, you can only stop your destiny when you choose to stop your destiny. People's rejection of you cannot stop your destiny. Joseph was rejected by his brethren. But 
he did not reject himself. I don't care how many people reject you. Never reject yourself. Never ever reject yourself. Jesus was rejected. He said he came unto his own, his own received him not. So sometimes people you expect to receive you, they don't receive you well. And life must go on. Don't kill yourself. There are people that when they are confronted with rejection, sometimes it comes in the form of a divorce. And sometimes you, 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 you cannot tell the reason why the marriage ended in divorce. And if you don't take care, you'll be living with rejection all the rest of your life. You'll feel rejected because a spouse rejected you, a husband rejected you, a wife rejected you, a beloved rejected you, and you begin to feel like something is wrong with you. Baby, let me tell you tonight, there is nothing wrong with you. If they rejected you, they have a problem. You don't have a problem. It's because they can't see your potential. That's why they rejected you. God has great potential and he sees great future in you. And one of these days, that potential will come alive. Can somebody say an amen? Every time you are rejected, see it as an opportunity to prove your rejectors wrong. The best way to revenge rejection is to make sure that the rejection works together for your good. That's the best revenge you can give to rejection. Look, Japta, they say you will not dwell in our father's house because you are an illegitimate child. You were not born like all of us. And I'm wondering how they were born. You were not born like all of us. It was a one night stand that you were conceived. For us, our parents, they got married illegally. They did the wedding in church and then they were born. So you are an illegitimate child. Listen, there is nothing like an illegitimate child. There can be an illegitimate marriage, illegitimate affair. But every child born is born on purpose. Praise God. So if you are sitting here and sometimes you are faced with that sense of rejection. Maybe you were born out of wedlock. You think that your parents were not there and you feel like you don't fit. I want you to know you fit perfectly in the plan of God. You fit perfectly in the plan of God. The Bible said, before you came out of your mother's womb, I knew thee and I sanctified thee and set thee apart. Somebody say, I've been ordained. I've been set apart for great exploits. Number eight is the fear of death. Somebody say the fear of death. The fear of death. This is one fear that Satan uses to keep people in bondage. The fear of death. Look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 to 15. The fear of death. There are people whose dreams are on the shelf because a prophet told them they have a few months to live. They see that they may not end the year. Because of that, they are not able to live their lives. They began January with great ambitions, great dreams. But all of a sudden, one word from a prophet who may not have even seen where has made them lose the sense of living. Look at it. The Bible says, For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself. Somebody say, he also himself. I like this. This scripture is beautiful. He said, for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Now, so here he's saying that the reason why Jesus became man is so that he can identify with you in death. As much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same. That through death, oh, kabadi kabosa, through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Who has the power over death? The devil. Has he been destroyed already? So you and I have no fear of death. Praise God. The child of God must never live in fear of death. The key of life and death is not with Satan again. 
The key to your life is not in the hands of a prophet. The key to your life is not in the hands of witches or wizards. The key to your life is not in the hands of any occultic power. The Bible said Jesus is alive and he has the keys of death and Hades. And if your father and your brother Jesus has the keys, then he will certainly use them in your favor. Am I complicated? That's why he says that be careful what you say. Because every time you speak, you are either invoking death or life. Every time. The key to my life is not in the hands of a witch. If you go to a witch doctor, he can use medicine to kill me. No, 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 no. I won't use that as a prayer point. <laughs> in fact, their decision to even meet will bring trouble to them. The Bible said, surely they will gather together, but not by me. And whosoever shall gather together against me shall fall for my sake. Why should I be? There's, a, 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 there's already a verdict that has gone ahead. That any gathering that, that is not for me, it will go against them. Then I'll waste my time. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. No, 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 no. That's foolishness. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. I walk in the consciousness. That consciousness. That's my consciousness. I tell people all the time, when people get exposed to all kinds of things and they are living in fear, I just tell them, listen, don't worry. Because you see, if you had a dream and in the dream you saw people chasing you, before you had a dream, people were chasing you. No, 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 that is the truth. Because you were not seeing them, you were living your life. Now you have seen them, hand them over. Because goodness and mercies are also supposed to be chasing you. Angels are supposed to be around you. The angel of the Lord encamped around about them that feared him and delivered them. One way Satan really keeps people in bondage to fear is through dreams and visions. Dreams, fake visions, fake prophecies. If a prophetic word comes to you, it doesn't edify you, it doesn't comfort you, it doesn't exhort you, drop it. Did you hear what I said? No matter who the prophet gave it, if it doesn't edify you, it doesn't comfort you, it doesn't exhort you, drop it. In the New Testament, prophecies are supposed to be those by the time you hear a word, and by the time you are finished, you have been imparted with fear that more than before. If God spoke to you, faith will come alive in you. Praise God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When you hear God, faith comes alive. You can never hear God and be afraid. Sometimes it may even be a negative prophecy, but the moment you hear it, immediately a rumor word hits your spirit, and it's no longer important. Am I complicating here? I've been working with God for some time. Nobody has been able to look at my face and give me a false prophecy. You can't. God, I don't look false for you to give me a false prophecy. And the prophecy they give me are good ones. Yeah, because I look good. I look like somebody who has a future. I look like somebody who has a purpose. I look like somebody who wants to live. Am I communicating? I am too full of life for you to look at me and prophesy death. Every day you are looking miserable as if you are carrying the whole world on your head. Your face is even calling for it. I'm not communicating here. The fear of death. Somebody say the fear of death. Never be afraid to die. Listen, if you are a child of God, ultimately death is gain. Death is what? Death. When your time comes to die, is gain. Death at the ripe age is gain. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. To die is what? You see, the more you grow in the revelation of God, the more you become relaxed in your faith. Tonight, we want to continue a step further in part 2D. And in part 2D, our focus is I will fear no evil. Somebody say, I will fear no evil. Say, I will fear no evil. That's what I needed to recap and finish that one and focus. I will fear no evil. Psalm 23 verse 4. Shouted, I will fear no evil. 
the fear of evil is very predominant in Africa. The fear of juju. If you are passing somewhere and you see that somebody has put a, 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 a polythene bag there with some uh, feather there and some eggs on it, immediately, in the name of Jesus, I bind it. The fear of evil. The fear of evil is a very strong thing. But the Bible says, Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no. I will fear no. I will fear no. Say it three times. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. That's it. In this session, I want to walk you through scriptural ways to overcome and defeat fear in your life. Scriptural ways to overcome fear in your life. How can you overcome fear? How do I live above fear? How do I conquer fear in my life? Those are the things we want to explore in this service. And we'll be talking about nine different things. I'll talk about four and we'll finish it up next week. I will fear no evil. If you are going to conquer fear, the first thing we need to appreciate is the fact that fear is a spiritual force. Somebody say fear is a spiritual force. Say fear is a spiritual force. Yeah. And you deal with spiritual forces spiritually. You handle spiritual forces spiritually. Most of the time, the problems many people have in life is instead of keeping the battle in a spiritual way, they bring it into the flesh. Then they begin to bind people. They begin to curse people. They begin to do all kinds of things. The Bible tells us clearly the nature of our warfare. There is no doubt that we are at war. Somebody say we are at war. We are at war. Yeah, we are at war. The reality that the believer is at war is not in doubt. That's why the Bible calls you a soldier. Soldiers are people who go for war. The Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. He talks about the fact that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So the reality is that we are at war. Somebody say, I'm at war. Now, we are at war with invisible forces. And we need to know how to deal with these forces. One of the forces Satan uses in the warfare we are engaged with him in is fear. Somebody say fear. Yeah. Now, look at uh, North Korea and the United States when Trump was on top. Exchange of words. If you look at scripture, the book of Kings, and the wars the Kings fought, most of the time it was through exchange of words. Why? Because everybody wants to plant fear in the opponent. If you watch a wrestling contest, before they come, I'm going to deal with him. By the time I'm through with him, boxing, the same thing. What are they seeking to do? They are trying to sow a seed of fear. Why? Because until the seed of fear is planted in your heart, there is no other seed that can prosper in your life. The seed of fear. That's why fear must be dealt with seriously. Don't entertain fear. Praise God. Don't entertain it. I don't hang around people who feed my fear. Because all of us are fierce. All of us are fierce. Don't hang around them. I won't pick their calls. I won't befriend them. I don't eat with them. I don't go to places with them. No, 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 no. I love them, but we can be friends. I function in faith. You operate in fear. Light and darkness cannot move together. Fear is principally a spiritual force. And to overcome a spiritual force, you have to use spiritual weapons. So how do we overcome fear? Number one, the first key makes you a spiritual being or a spirit being is you must be born again. Somebody say be born again. Say be born again. 
Psalm 27 verse 1. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That's the Old Testament, but David knew that. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Who is your salvation? The Lord. Somebody say the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Say it aloud. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You have to know. When Jesus became your savior, he did not just deliver you from Satan. He delivered you from all the tricks and the powers of Satan. The Lord is my light. You have to understand the comprehensiveness of salvation. The word to be saved means to be delivered, to be set free, to be made whole. That's what it means, to be set free, to be delivered. He said, giving thanks unto the Father who had made us me to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. Praise God. You live in the kingdom of faith. Stop operating in fear. Until God becomes your light and your salvation, there is no way you can overcome fear. Salvation is a key. The Bible says in 1 John 5 verse 4, he said, whatsoever is born of God overcomes. Somebody say, I'm born to overcome. I'm born to overcome. What are you born to overcome? Fear. When you got born again, that's why it's a little children. You are of God and have overcome the things that are in the world. What are the things in the world? Fear. Fear is one of those things. That is one of, Jesus said in this world, you have tribulations, but be of good cheer for I have overcome. And I overcame and I gave you the capacity to also overcome. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes. Whatsoever is born from Mesia or from Asantini or Tufo is a royal. True of us. True of us. Whatsoever is born of him is a royal. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes. Are you born of God? Are you born of God? Why are you operating as if you were only born naturally? Your spiritual birth is much of a reality like your natural birth. You are born of God and by that status you overcome. So before you engage in anything, know who you are first. Somebody say who I am. Yeah, that is the next step. So first is to be born again. Somebody say be born again. Because if you look at the genesis of fear, fear came when man fell. The Bible said, Adam said, I heard your voice and I was afraid. All through scripture, that's the first time the word for fear or derivative came. I heard your voice and I was afraid. Now listen, if man fell and he became afraid, after man has been raised and has been made to sit far above principalities and powers, must man still walk in fear? If by falling you came to be afraid, by being redeemed, you should also be set free from fear. Somebody say, I'm set free from fear. And by the way, the Holy Ghost that takes residence in you when you got born again is the spirit of boldness, it's not the spirit of fear. There is a spirit God gave you, and he gave it to you. Acts chapter 2 verse 38, he says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, I like this. He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift. Somebody say the gift. Say the gift. The gift of the Holy Ghost. So, do you have the gift of the Holy Ghost? When did you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? When you got born again, the moment a person professes faith in Christ, immediately the Holy Ghost comes. 
And he never goes anywhere. Sometimes you may not be aware of his presence, but it doesn't mean he's left. When the Holy Ghost comes, he has no other place to go. He said he's with you and he shall be in you. He shall abide with you forever. The anointing which you have received of him abided in you. And you have no need that any man teacheth you. As that same anointing teacheth you. And it shall abide. The Holy Ghost lives in you. Somebody said the Holy Ghost is in me. So what the Bible says, little children, you are of God and have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you. He is talking about the Holy Ghost that is in you. Somebody said the Holy Ghost is in me. Before you anoint your head, think about the Holy Ghost in you. People are carrying their heads to all manner of places. All manner of places must anoint them with their jungle, with fright, all kinds of things. Just wasting your time. The Holy Ghost, who is the anointer, is here. Somebody said the Holy Ghost is in me. The Holy Ghost is here. It's not in the anointing bottle. That's a product from chemistry. Praise God. The personality of the Holy Ghost. The embodiment of God. He lives on the inside of you. When you are anointed, if you can have faith in the anointing, much more must you have the faith in the reality of the person of the Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost is in me. And you have to know who he is. He does not give you. Oh, 2 Timothy 1.7 He said, for God had not given us the spirit of fear. So the Holy Ghost that is in you is not the spirit of fear. That's why when fear wants to attack you and you begin to blow in tongues and you blow it with understanding, you begin to see fear begins to find its level. How many of you have been there before? The Holy Ghost is in you and he has a language that dispels fear. Maybe at another forum I will teach on dealing with fear in the mind because that's a principal place fear attacks us, the mind. When your mind is bombarded with fear, spend time. Don't pray with understanding. Just Blast in the Holy Ghost. Igaboko shandi bahatasa. Lengelele beliba sabrade kelebe zebrendi boko shabaliba. Adi grade kaliba andeko zebrediva andasa. Lagaboko shiba labadi andelebre andasa. The more, by the time you realize it has found its love, you have to know how to stay charged. The Bible said, dearly beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lives in the inside of you. You don't have the spirit of fear. Somebody say, I don't have the spirit of fear. I can't have the spirit of fear. I have the spirit of power. I have the spirit of boldness. Praise God. Number two, discover who you are. Know who you are. There is no way a lion will ever run away from a goat. It's not possible. Lion, run away from a goat. No, 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 no. Possible. Except an ignorant lion. <laughs> or a dead one. Oh, thank you, thank you. A dead one. A dead lion or an ignorant lion. Those are the lions who can run away. <laughs> yeah, a dead lion. Dead lion. The Bible said the lion is the strongest beast. He turneth not away from any. Does not. And Satan tries himself to operate like a lion because he knows that lions are powerful. The Bible said, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walketh about like a roaring lion. Like. Somebody say like. like. The word like is very significant. He is not. 
All the dreams he's giving you about failure, death, and all, he's just trying to, lions try to put fear in people. That's what they do. Roaring lion. Then your heart begins to beat. Fear begins to take root. And as fear is taking root, he is gradually getting access into you. Satan will not have access to your life. I said he won't have access to your life. Know who you are. If you are in Christ, things are different. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, somebody say, I'm in Christ. Say, I am in Christ. When you are in Christ, the dynamics are different. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. You used to be afraid of things. All things are passed away. You used to be afraid of going to your hometown. All things are passed away. You used to fast one week before you go to your hometown. All things are passed away. Am I communicating somebody at all? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. If any man be in Christ, who are you then? You are a child of God. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. Say, I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. I wonder how Satan can take hold of your life as a child of God. How can Satan kill you as a child of God? Eh? Lawyer, how, how? How can Satan kill you? Between him and God, who has more power? The Bible said the Lord has spoken twice about him. Power belongs to God. So who really has power to kill who? They told you, you I see your people have taken you to some occultic man somewhere. <laughs> I thought you said they've taken me to the court of heaven. Because you see, it's only a case in the Supreme Court that is a Supreme case. Every other court is subject to the Supreme Court. Don't be so. Lawyers, you are here. Every other court in Ghana is subject to the Supreme Court. No matter their ruling. If the Supreme Court says no, it's no. Do you know that your father sits on the Supreme Court of earth? The Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his court with praise. And if your father is the judge, how can you ever lose a case? How can you ever lose a case? The Bible says, bring forth your strong reasons. Let us plead our cause. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Know who you are. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. Little children, ye are who of who of God and have overcome. When fear is trying to attack you, the first level to deal with it to let fear know who you are. Fear, I'm born again, and being born again, I'm a child of God. As many as receive him, he gave them power to become the children of God. And as a child of God, Satan, you have no access to my life because my father did not give me the spirit of fear. And you are Satan. Who has fear? You want to give it to me. I'm not your child to receive something from your hand. Satan, Baba, I refuse to give in to fear. Am I communicating here at all? Number two, I'm an overcomer. Somebody say I'm an overcomer. You are an overcomer. That fear will not destroy you. That fear will not kill you. You are an overcomer. Somebody say I'm an overcomer. You are an overcomer. You are seated far above principalities and powers. Somebody say, I'm seated. Say, I'm seated. Far above principalities and powers. Yeah. If they want to kill you, that's where they must go to. They have to go far above. Because you are seated far above principalities. 
empowers. I don't know how you can get to somebody who is far above you to help them. I'm seated. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians 2 6. Ephesians 2 6. And have raised us up together. Somebody say, I'm raised together with him. And had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, where are you seated? Talk to me. In Christ Jesus, where are you seated? Far above what principalities and powers. Heavenly places. So before they reach you, they must ascend to heavenly places. Look at it. Ephesians 1, 20 to 21, verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, look at verse 21. Far above. Somebody say, far above. above. This is grandma. Far above means far above. This is grandma. Far above principalities and powers. Far above. If you don't understand far, you must understand above. Yeah. Far above principalities and powers. That's why I'm seated. That's why when I sit in a plane, it cannot crash. Because when I sit in, I'm seated in Christ. Far above principalities and powers. They say, oh, the guy who used to be in your office, he was a deep occult man. So when you go and sit in the chair like that, things will not work. Tell you, when I sit in the chair, I sit far above. You don't need to go and spray anointing oil in the place. Just take your bottle far above principalities and powers. Am I complicating here? You are seated far above principalities. It's not something that is going to happen. That is a reality. You have to be conscious of it. Number four, maintain righteousness, consciousness at all times. Someone say righteousness, consciousness. <laughs> I will come and teach on righteousness proper. Maintain righteousness, consciousness. Please, every word here is selectively chosen. Righteousness, consciousness. If it doesn't sound like good grammar for you, take it like that. I'm communicating something. It's about understanding what I'm communicating. That's what is important. Maintain righteousness, consciousness. Somebody say righteousness, consciousness. Be conscious, conscious. All the time. All the time. All the time, be conscious that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Somebody say, I'm the righteousness of God. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. Isaiah 54 verse 14. He said, in righteousness thou shalt be what? Established. Let's read it together. One go. In righteousness thou shalt be established. Thou shalt be far from what? Thou shalt not fear. And from terror. For it shall not come nigh thee. He said, Thou shalt be far from oppression and from fear and from terror. For it shall not come nigh thee. Only in righteousness. Somebody say, Only righteousness. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from fear. In the book of Proverbs 28, verse 1, he said, The righteous is as bold. The righteous is what? The wicked flees. He's running away because of fear. Running away. How many of you remember that song? <laughs> running away. No, no, no. You are not running to anywhere. You are facing him squarely. And you are not coming in your own righteousness. You are coming in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Righteousness. 
Righteousness is right standing before God. When we talk about righteousness, it simply means right standing before God. Somebody say right standing before God. Right standing before God. You must always be conscious of the fact that you have right standing with God. You have right standing with God. You have to be conscious of that reality. Righteousness is the ability to stand before God without any sense of condemnation, shame, guilt, or inferiority. That is righteousness. The ability to stand before God. Somebody say the ability to stand before God. To stand before God without any sense of condemnation. How many of you sometimes feel condemned before God? Sometimes when you come before God, you feel condemned. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's because you are not conscious of your righteousness. That you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Yeah. You have to be conscious. Listen. There is no human being, no matter how holy he is, who can stand before God without condemnation. There is no human being. Because every human being, Jesus said, he that is without sin, let him first cast the stone. There is no human being. So, the only time you can stand before God without any sense of guilt is when you are standing in Christ Jesus. And in Christ Jesus, you have been made the righteousness of God in him. When I talk about righteousness, I'm not talking about what you are doing. I'm talking about what Christ has done and been credited to your account. Righteousness is your nature as a new creation. Somebody says it's my nature. It's who you are. Most people are overly concerned about what they do. But if you become more conscious of who you are, what you do will find its level. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He said, For he made him. Somebody say he made him. Oh, look at this. So this righteousness we are talking about is not about your works. It's not about what? Your works. Somebody say, it's not about my works. Yeah. Maybe somebody confronted you, got angry, and insulted the person. And then you move a few steps ahead. And somebody says, I'm sick. You say, come, let me pray for you. You just got angry. But lay your hands and pray for the person. The moment you raise your hand, Satan will tell you, are you not the one who got angry suddenly? Tell him, I'm doing this because I'm standing in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. That is righteousness consciousness. Righteousness consciousness. You got angry a few minutes ago, but you have not ceased to be the righteousness of God. Praise God. It has been credited to your account. The Bible said he made him to be sin. Look at this scripture. Look at it very well. He made him. Somebody say he made him. To be sin for us. Who knew no? Who knew no? Who knew no? Who knew no? Read that again. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him? It wasn't his sin that took him to the cross. It was our sin. And because he took our sin, we have also taken his righteousness. So it's not about our righteousness, it's about his righteousness. Am I complicating here? <laughs> I will come back to teach this proper because until this one sinks in, you will always be defeated in your work of faith. The reason why a lot of us, our faith cannot work or is not working is because we are more sin conscious than we are righteousness conscious. You will never come to a place where your life will be completely devoid of sin. So if you are waiting for the day where there won't be sin at all whatsoever in your life to stand before God, that day will never come. In your thought life. The Bible said to him who knows to do good and do it and not, it is sin. People can give you all kinds of things. But when you stand before God, you don't come in your own righteousness. You come in the righteousness of God. Somebody say an amen. 
That's how we stand before God. That's how we stand before. Don't allow Satan to ever. That's what the Bible says. There is therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. Because in Christ Jesus, when you stand in your own righteousness, you are condemned. But when you stand in the righteousness of God, there is no condemnation for you. Because that righteousness is Jesus' own righteousness. When you stand before God in Christ, he sees you the same way he sees Christ. Maintain righteousness consciousness. Sometimes people live with fear because they did something many years ago and they think that thing is haunting them. No, 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 no. That was before you got born again. Now that you are born again in Christ, you are the righteousness of God. And as such, you must be bored like a lion. We'll continue the rest next week. I do hope that somebody has been blessed tonight. Pastor Afroqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi. Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Oh, 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 oh,